I am just so happy to have on the program right now Michigan State Senator Mallory McMorrow. She electrified so many people across the country, setting the internet on fire with her viral takedown that was all over radio and cable TV as well, uh, uh, really taking on Republicans for their lies and their promotion of hate. And I'm so glad we're able to speak to her. She lives in Royal Oak, Michigan, a really great place that I visited uh, outside of Detroit. And uh, she represents the people there uh, in Oakland County and also uh, in, uh, well, in Oakland County in uh, Berkeley City, Birmingham City, Rochester Hills, Royal Oak, Troy City, and a few other places. Uh, Senator Mallory McMorrow, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, you just, boy, <laughs> set everybody uh, in into um, a real uh, energized uh, and, and, and powerful uh, moment just when they needed it, I think, because we've been feeling all this hate and it's been coming from all parts of the Republican Party. And certainly we've been focused so much on uh, these don't say gay bills. Did you think that the speech that you gave would have that kind of impact all across the country? No, no, no. Nobody wakes up any day and thinks that anything they're going to do is going to be, you know, viewed by 14 million plus people and 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 go everywhere. Of course not. Talk a little bit about how it came about. Uh, you saw a fundraising email uh, that named you. And, and it really hit you hard. Uh, you're a mom. You're in your first term as a state senator. Uh, you have kids. You have a family. And it was a horrible allegation. And, and you clearly said, I'm not going to take this. Tell us how it came about. Yeah, I mean, it started a, a week prior when uh, the same senator who sent the email, Senator Lana Tice, gave a prayer at the start of session, you know, an invocation that generally is is something to just set the tone and remind us that we work for the 10 million residents of the state of Michigan. But she used a prayer to plead with God for protection. And she said, because our children are under attack and there was a very long pause. And then she said from, from dark forces that would have them hear and know and see things against their parents' will. And it was such a thinly veiled you know, replica of language like Florida's don't say gay bill that that I walked out with a few of my other colleagues. Uh, and then, you know, cut to a week later, she decided to single me out in a fundraising email by name and accused me of grooming children, kindergartners, supporting pedophilia and sexualization of children and making, you know, eight-year-olds feel like they were responsible for slavery. And it, it was just gut-wrenching to, to see that. And it really took on what we've seen, not just with the Don't Say Gay bills, we've seen bills attacking the teaching of history uh, and, and certainly about racism, uh, about slavery. We've seen the anti-woke bills. Uh, it, it really just kind of uh, encapsulated so much of what the Republican Party is doing. And some people have felt uh, that some Democrats have thought the best strategy is to ignore these things uh, and, and you know, just rely on the fact that people think they're outrageous. You clearly thought, no, I have to take this on. Was it was it 
because of how you felt personally or did you think also as a uh, Democrat who is representing uh, people who voted for you that that you really had to kind of hit back at the Republicans in a way that you thought was the most uh, powerful way you can do it? Well, you know, I, I took a day to sit on it and try to figure out how to respond. Uh, but what I came to is, you know, I think everybody sort of debates, should we give hateful language and conspiracy theories and these kind of ridiculous ideas air? Because does that make them more real than than they actually are? But you know, I look at the trends around the country of bills, you know, related to CRT and Senator Tice actually chairs the education committee here in Michigan uh, and introduced, you know, CRT-esque legislation, the banning of the 1619 project and, and other such things. And we had testimony from somebody in the committee uh, who is kind of a right wing blogger troll who admitted to making up uh, the the idea of CRT as a real threat and promoting it and using it as as a tool for the Republicans this year and went forward with it anyway. And she's also introduced legislation to prohibit trans kids from playing on sports teams, matching their gender identity and, and all of these sorts of things. So I saw it growing and it's no longer a fringy idea or a conspiracy theory. It's real. And it is a real strategy being used by one of our major political parties in this country to demonize and target and marginalize already marginalized groups of people in a way that's very harmful. So, you know, when I sat on it and, and recognizing however awful I felt on Monday when that hateful slander was lobbied at me, how horrible it must feel every single day if you are a trans kid who just wants to have friends and exist in the world or the parent of a, a, a gay child or uh, a, a member of the black community who watched all of these protests around the country in the wake of the killing of George Floyd and then saw nothing happen and attempts to ban books from our schools instead. And it's just, it, it, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And it, it just signaled to me, we we have to put an end for to this. And I'm not somebody who's in a marginalized community and I can stand up and try to put an end to it. They do so much of this in the name of Christianity. Of course, the don't say gay bill uh, is something that evangelical Christian uh, conservative activists have been pushing and obviously this is something Republicans are responding to. And in your speech, you targeted that too, uh, the use of religion, of Christian beliefs. And you talked about your upbringing and your Christian beliefs in the speech and um, how this was something that clearly uh, offended you. Talk about that a bit because I think it's important for people to hear. Yeah, I think that we have to acknowledge a few things. Number one, it's been really hard for parents, particularly working moms for the past few years with the pandemic and kids at home and school shutdown and the balance. And, and what I've seen happening in my district is far right groups forming, taking advantage of moms' very real and rightful frustrations to start to push these policies and ideas uh, that that are hateful and backwards. And 
we've also seen the the weaponizing of Christianity as a, 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 something to hurt people, to target and to marginalize. And I just was so offended because I know that's not who I am as a person. And I know that is not how thousands and probably millions of people just like me, you know, moms, suburban moms, that's not how we feel. That's not who we are. We're not hateful. We're not malicious. We don't want to target people. We want our kids to grow up in a place that is supportive and welcoming. I want my daughter to meet people who are not like her uh, and, and learn to the world is challenging sometimes and how to work, to, to work in the world. And, and to me, it just said, we have to take that identity back because I think Republicans are weaponizing and using uh, you know, white moms and Christianity to do really horrible, hateful things. And the only people who can stop it are comfortable white suburban moms, frankly. And they are targeting uh, suburban moms. I mean, what we saw in Virginia uh, with CRT was trying to, you know, use that uh, issue and uh, kind of connected to this larger idea of parental rights in schools. And, you know, some people say Democrats didn't do enough to combat it. Whatever happened, uh, it did succeed for uh, the Republican gubernatorial candidate. And now they're doing it all over the country. So I think it is very important that you're speaking out as a suburban mom and the communities you represent, and I've been up there, they're great communities uh, outside of Detroit. These are suburbs. Those are the people they're trying to really suck into this agenda about parental rights, which is really not about parental rights. It's about harming other people. Exactly. And, and we saw this playbook used, you know, a generation or two ago when schools were being desegregated. And we saw, again, hateful groups pushing the idea of parental rights to keep their kids from being exposed to black kids. It's the same playbook over and over. And it, it's just hateful. And so I think that as Democrats, we absolutely have to and should acknowledge it's been really hard for moms for the past few years and making space to express that frustration, but offer support and say, we see you and we hear you and we are you. And call out the nonsense because the, the, the issues that the Republicans are putting forward are non-issues. They're made up. They are making up issues to scare and fearmonger and scapegoat to avoid taking on any real issues because putting forward policy and governing is really hard. And I think that's what we have to do is say, yes, we see you, we hear you, we support you, we support your kids, we support your teachers, we support your schools, and here's how we're going to move forward in a very real way. And that is so important. And you address that in your speech. They don't want to talk about fixing the roads. They don't want to talk about health care. They change the subject. And I think the strategy that you help to lay out for Democrats is you can't ignore this. You have to hit them hard, but then you have to focus on these issues. Don't let them distract. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that that has been, and I, I will be the first to say I'm not a Democratic strategist. <laughs> I ran for office for the first time in 2018. Uh, and, and this is my first term in any elected position. But I know who I am and I know the people that are in my community. And all of this talk about, well, should we talk about social issues or not? Or, or are we going to lose people if we don't talk about the economy? It, this is just outright hatred. It's hate. And it is targeting people. Uh, you know, I, I talked to a, a high school group 
on Monday, I schooled my district. And the first question from a girl, probably 15, 16, uh, she said, I'm a member of the LGBTQ community. Why does the state hate us? Why is there so much focus on us? And that is just heartbreaking to me. So I think that we have to get out of this idea of how do we wade into difficult issues, just call hate, hate, and then say they are focusing on hate. They're trying to distract you. Here are the things that we know matter that are going to make your life better. And Democrats are the only ones with any solutions on the table. What we're seeing certainly in Florida with Ron DeSantis and the attack on Disney, it's kind of like trying to take us back in time. I mean, Disney a long time ago, um, you know, moved into the future and saw that family friendly and gay friendly or LGBTQ friendly coexist and, and, and LGBTQ people are in families. And I, I think about um, that and, 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 and I think about Royal Oak because it is a community like that with a vibrant um, LGBTQ community, but, but woven into the larger community. Absolutely. And I have been, I'm the Democratic Vice Chair for the Economic Development Committee here in the Senate in Michigan. And, you know, we've been debating policies about tax incentives and programs to to lower companies here or to expand here in Michigan. But simultaneously, if we continue to pass policies or have messaging that's led by the Republican Party that says, unless you are straight, white and Christian, you're not welcome here then there's no amount of tax incentive that is going to overcome that because we're going to drive everybody out of the state. So it's just, you know, you said exactly, you hit it on the head. Disney figured it out. Companies have figured it out. You know, when you talk to the leaders of of our major employers, they want diverse people in our, our state. They want immigrants. We want people from all kinds of backgrounds because we need them because it is the right thing for a vibrant, growing, economically strong state. Getting back to how I opened uh, the interview and the the impact it had across the country, uh, we certainly talked a lot about you this week on this program, played your speech uh, a couple of times, actually. Calls just came in from people across the country. A lot of people who have, you know, really felt hopeless about where things are going, and it really helped to lift them up. It really helped to, um, you know, let them feel empowered and I'm curious about your thoughts, seeing a lot of people, myself included, I'm sure, uh, among many, many others, talking about how this is a blueprint, what you did uh, for Democrats across the country, talking about how uh, you've really helped to give uh, a, a framing to responding to this. What are your thoughts about that? I am, first of all, just so moved by by that idea uh, and, and certainly never a position that I thought I'd find myself in because I, I feel what I think everybody else has been feeling, um, which is languishing for the past few years and really just trying to get by with constant attacks, uh, you know, between not just going through a pandemic. And I, I remember the first few weeks of the pandemic when it felt like, oh, it's this horrible thing, but we're all in it together. Uh, and then seeing very quickly here in Michigan, protests and attacks on our Capitol. We had armed gunmen come into my Senate mm-hmm. chambers and hold hold firearms above my head while I was on the Senate floor. And it has just been 
a constant kind of wearing down of everybody who is is trying to kind of figure out how we move forward. So I viscerally felt that where, uh, you know, just kind of showing up and doing the work became hard in and of itself. But for whatever reason, it was it was this feeling from this email that just pushed me to say we can't languish anymore and we can fight back and they know we can fight back. But the strategy is to wear us down so that we quit. And we've seen this happen with election officials. We've seen this happen with public health officials, you know, people who got into this work to do good, who aren't even elected officials, who have been driven out in force by these constant attacks to wear you down and get you to quit. Um, But we hold all the power. We are in the majority. We know that we're on the right side of these issues. We know that we are on the right side of actually what morality and family and community means. And we've got to take our own identities back and fight back. Well, thank you uh, for what you did. You, you, you lifted up a lot of people uh, uh, across the country, as I said. And uh, now I think the work is for uh, others, and, and uh, that includes political leaders, uh, to take it up and, and to um, carry the message forth. Uh, I, I'm really uh, appreciative uh, for your coming on the program and giving us your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Michigan Senator Mallory McMorrow. She represents the 13th district uh, in Michigan's uh, state Senate. And you can follow her on Twitter at Mallory McMorrow. And you should be. Uh, and and we all should uh take uh, what she said and and carry it forward, uh, as I said. We're back, folks, in a few minutes. This is the Michelangelo Senior Ellie Show. 